This is Daniel Hagedorn for Preparing Kids for Life at PK4L.com. And our podcast is for all things parenting. This is actually day 69 of our 365-day journey with you. You know, my wife and I are so passionate about helping parents reclaim their rightful place as the number one expert on their own kids. So our podcast focuses on time-tested principles any parent can learn and apply to build an emotionally safe home and help their children thrive. So we talk about every parent's most basic fears because they have been our fears too. Things like, I don't have what it takes to be a good parent, or I'm not qualified, or I'm going to mess my kids up. You know, as parents, we will do anything to help our kids. And since our ceiling is our children's floor, we owe it to them to always be learning and growing. So for 365 days, you've been invited into our experiment, and we are committed to walking alongside your journey as your personal outfitters, guides, and allies every day, every step of the way. So today's episode is Every Story Needs a Beginning, and my wife and I are officially launching our Preparing Kids for Life uh, course and all that it entails, all that we've been kind of talking about for the previous uh, 70 episodes uh, is kind of culminating in this. It's something that we have been working on for actually several years now, and it is really born out of our own beginning. Um, you know, I, I love this quote from C.S. Lewis, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. And I'm literally living proof of that because as we have as we have moved into this space of wanting to to help parents experience what we've been able to experience, I, I'm reminded of just how the whole process works. You know, you you hopefully find people that you can learn from their mistakes. <laughs> and and basically, uh, that's what my wife and are is we, we try to give people an opportunity to learn from our mistakes. You know, I, I used to teach history. And one of the things I would always tell my students is, you know what, learn from someone else's mistakes rather than your own, you know, so, but that, that's where it really all started for us is, it's, it's kind of funny. Sometimes I sit back and it's almost a surreal thing. I think about, wow, we, we developed a course on on really helping empower parents to to become everything God meant them to be, so that they can help their children become everything God meant them to be as well. And it, it's ironic because I just think, wow, we we've got to be the last people in the world that this should be happening to and for and do and. And I just, I think back in my own childhood, that's, that's really, if you think about it, when we become parents, it's pretty much what we draw from. That is the main source, for better or worse, that we draw from when we think about what sort of parents we want to be. And even if we came from really difficult childhoods, even that has an impact on us because then we say, well, I want to be nothing like my mom or my dad, you know, right? Uh, so even, even if it was bad, it still influences and impacts us. And and honestly, um, for me, one of the one of the things I had to really struggle with uh, when I became a parent was I felt so insecure and so fearful, and I had so much self doubt and anxiety about becoming a parent. You know, my my wife and I 
it should have been the happiest day in the world to find out we were pregnant. I mean, my wife was certainly thrilled about it. But when she told me we'd been married for five years at that point, and when she told me it was not happy, it was not happy at all. I wish I could tell you that it was that lifetime movie of the week moment when we, we looked into each other's eyes and tears of joy welled up and we, we hugged each other as we thought about all of the amazing things that this new life would bring. That wasn't on my mind at all. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about, oh my gosh, it's bad enough I've jacked up my own life. I have so much garbage and junk to scrape out of my own character and heart. I'm barely managing manhood and trying to figure that out. And now I've got to take on fatherhood. How how bad am I going to mess this kid up? I mean, if anybody doesn't have what it takes to be a great dad, it's me. I mean, what what do I have to bring to the table? And so... In order to tell you where I, how I got to that mindset, I've got to go back in time a little bit and tell you where it started out. It started out, I was eight years old, and uh, I had, up to that point, a good relationship with both my parents. My dad was a little bit on the stern slash strict side uh, of the equation. My mom was, was very warm and high energy and vivacious and laughed a lot and but uh, I, I was definitely closer to her, and uh, but she had um, <clears throat> she had told me one one night I was eight, about eight years old at the time that she loved me and that she would make pancakes for me in the morning, which my absolute favorite was pancakes. And so we went to bed, and all was well in my world until about two thirty in the morning when I was awakened by sirens blaring through my bedroom and the footsteps of paramedics tramping through our house. And I would find out later that my mom had suffered a cardiac arrest. See, my mom had a really bad heart. Her, Actually, her first open heart surgery happened when she was 14 years old. So she had a long, long history of heart problems. In fact, the doctors had basically come to a, a consensus that you know, she needed to check off every single box on her bucket list by the time she reached 30 years old because that's about all she would get. Um, so it was, it was, it was a pretty, a pretty difficult situation. So she was carted off in an ambulance in a coma and she did not wake from that coma for the next three weeks. And my dad had finally decided that, you know, he knew him and my mom had talked about it before this ever happened. And my mom didn't want to be, you know, on life support and, and so forth. And so he had made the decision to, to unplug her the next day. And then miraculously see, she just somehow came out of her coma. She just came out of it. And we thought, Oh my gosh, this is a miracle. It's, it's amazing. And, and the doctor said, you know, that during the first year, whatever she was able to recover in terms of her mental and physical capacity would be all that she would get back. And, and so we hoped and we prayed and hoped and prayed and, and nothing, nothing changed. And so at the end of that year, my grandma stayed with us for a couple years helping out, but I was basically helping as well, kind of take care of my mom and, and, so forth and so on. And, and my dad, uh, when my grandma finally moved back to Arizona, it was just my dad and I um, taking care of her. And, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a child and I'm, you know, my mom didn't always 
wasn't always able to control her her um, bodily functions, and so I'm a kid now cleaning up my mom, you know, washing out the, the clothing and cleaning her up, and I mean, it was just, it was a very difficult uh, situation because I'm essentially in the parent role as as an eight year old, and and my mom finally passed away when I was a senior in college, but you know, for all that time, for those 13 years, it was my dad and I. And I didn't know it at the time. I would find out much later, but my dad, uh, he had a lot on his shoulders. He was carrying a lot. Um, I I shared in, in a podcast on the anniversary of my dad's death, just how much admiration and respect I have for his strength and his courage. He took on what uh, would have broken many a lesser man. And, um, but I didn't know all of my dad's backstory at the time. All I knew is that I had this situation going on with my mom and my dad was taking everything out on me. And so our relationship was, it was, it was abusive. It was physically abusive. It was verbally abusive. It was very painful. And, um, we had a difficult time. I'll, I'll fast forward and give you the, the story. My dad and I, we reconciled after a number of years. And so we had about 25 plus years of an amazing relationship, uh, all the way until he, he passed away. It was, it was awesome. And I have nothing but love for my dad. But at the time, at this season in my life, it was very, very difficult. And so I didn't have, I, all I knew was I just wanted, when I became a dad someday, I just knew that I didn't want to be anything like my dad. Uh, of course, not realizing, you know, some of the things I would realize later, but that's all I knew. And so now you, you fast forward to when I find out that we're pregnant, you can kind of understand why this wasn't good news for me. I, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I've got nothing to give here. I've got nothing to add. The only thing that I can possibly do is just mess this kid up. And this totally pure, innocent kid who never asked for a dad like me. Um, and, and it was, uh, it was a difficult, difficult time. And so my wife and I, of course, this was, you can only imagine how devastating this was for her. What, what should have been a, a, the high point of our, our marriage was, was actually one of the lowest. And, um, but we worked through that and I wish I could tell you things changed, but you know, it really didn't until, until one morning when, um, I'm in the hospital and my wife is giving birth and I look down and I look into my daughter's eyes. And um, it all changed. It all changed. And I, I can't explain it except to say it was just an unyielding resolve that rose up in my heart. And I said, I am going to do whatever it takes to be the best dad I can be. I am going to do whatever I have to to become the man and the father that God intended me to become. And that's when the journey started. And so I started to, you know, kind of with with the help of God, with the help of other influences, uh, John Eldridge, Danny Johnson, um, Henri Nguyen, grief recovery especially. Uh, My wife and I, uh, we had some marital counseling that was very helpful uh, it's it like called the Mago therapy. It was very, very helpful. But all of these things were together and it was just constantly, and then also being open to, to be discipled by God, you know, just to let him father me, to let him fill in the gaps. And, and so it was, it was a process, you know, I, I'm doing this in a 
20 minute podcast, but, but this was a process that took years. And it's one of the things that really fills my heart with such a passion when it comes to this idea of parenting. And it's simply this, I don't want people to have to take years and years and years and years to go through this. I want to empower parents to be able to do this on their own. Because one of the things that I have found is that I cannot give my daughter something that I don't have. I I can't, and I can't fake it. There's no faking it with kids. Um, Kids, you know, it's beautiful. You don't have to be perfect, but you do have to be yourself. And being yourself means that you own your stuff. And And the reason that's so important is because you cannot change what you do not own. And so you have to be willing to be teachable. You have to be willing to be humble. You have to be willing to learn because we have so much unlearning to do. We have so many influences that impacted our lives in a negative way. So many things we have to overcome. There's so many distortions in the way that we think and see things the way that we just fundamentally look at at God, at ourselves, at other people, at how life works. There's a lot of distortions and lies that have kind of intermingled in our, our thinking. And we have to get clear of that. And the reason that it's so vital that we do that is because families are literally the cornerstone, not just the body of, of believers, but of communities, of societies, of countries. It's, it's vital. It's absolutely vital. And one of the, one of the things that I, I realized in this, in this process as we're, as we're launching PK4L, and today was the, the launch, it's kind of exciting, but um, it's just, it's one of those things that I, I'm finally understanding, you know, um, it's you you just have to you just have to learn you just have to learn i i think that um you know part of that you know part of the uh, i'm thinking back on on what we've already talked about in the podcast i don't want to keep repeating a bunch of stuff but you know one of the things is that we have so we have our own childhoods uh, that's that's the single greatest influence in our life i mean by the time we reach the age of 18, 95% of our belief systems are in place in our hearts. So 95% of what we believe about God, ourselves, other people, and how life works, 95% of that, it's all locked in by the time we reach 18 years of age. And, and if there was a lot of wounding, if there was a lot of dysfunction then that means there are a lot of distortions in our thinking about those things. And so we have to unlearn. We have to heal. We have to go back and, and really look at those things that are holding us, that are holding us back from stepping into what God intended us to be. And, you know, if, if that sounds a little grandiose, just I've had so many conversations with parents over the years now and these are, I mean, again, the reason I relate so much to the questions that I get and the conversations that I have is because they're basically the same fears. It boils down to, I don't have what it takes to be a good parent. 
And, and part of that comes in from our own schooling. And that's where we get the, the you know, the I'm not qualified. I'm going to mess my kids up part. We, God made us the number one expert on our own kids. And the reason I can say that with such confidence is because God could have given our children to any one of seven and a half billion people on planet earth. He gave them to you and me, right? He gave us our children and he did that because he trusts us. He trusts us to raise those children. He believes in us. God knows that we have something special and unique that we can bring to those kids that no one else can. The only question is, do we believe that? And you know, I got to say, sadly, the answer is no. Many of us don't. Many of us doubt the thing that is truest about us is that we are a son or a daughter of God and we have been entrusted with God's children because he believes in us. And, and we've, that's where, you know, all that unlearning and healing comes in is because we have to change those belief systems that have come in place. Another area that, that brings those belief systems in is the is schools and our schooling and the way that we think about how things are done. You know, I, I mean, again, I don't want to rehash a lot of what I've already covered in previous episodes, but if you just think about probably the most basic, and it's so much more than this, but this is probably the easiest example to, to illustrate this, is the way that we view grades. If someone gets an A on something, then we believe that someone is good at that particular subject or no, is knowledgeable about that particular subject. I can tell you as a high school teacher of 14 years, that is absolutely not true. Grades have very little correlation with how much students have actually learned. Now, some students are very good at identifying the things in the textbook and in the teacher's lectures that they need to regurgitate to successfully uh, get a good grade on a test. But that's not the same thing as learning. Learning is very simple. Learning is not an A, B, C, D, F grade. It has nothing to do with grades. Learning is when you can teach something to someone else in simple terms, then you've learned it. Until then, well, you're just familiar with it. And so I share all these things because this is all part of you know what, what my wife and I were pulling together in, in PK4L. It's, it's really the idea of giving parents tools. You know, um, there are, you can go out and there are a lot of great practicals out there. I mean, there are tons of great parenting resources. In fact, there's a number of resources we recommend ourselves on our website. There's, we're loaded with resources we recommend. But the problem that I found is that unless you, unless you deal with the underlying issues, the underlying beliefs, those are basically band-aids. And, and it's not really, it, it can help kind of, I mean, like a Band-Aid does help stop the bleeding, right? But it's not going to actually address the underlying problem, right? And so that's, that's what my wife and I wanted to do is we really wanted to create something that says, look, you know, as a parent, you're the number one expert on your own kids. You love them more than anyone else and you are more committed to their success than anyone else is. So you are the one best 
situated because you were appointed by God as their parent. You were the one best situated to make decisions for their life. So that is a process of experimentation. You'll spend the rest of your life as a parent experimenting to figure out what works to help your kid become the best version of themselves. And that will be an ongoing process. That will be an ongoing process. But what I, what I like to focus on are principles. These are principles that apply to everybody. And then you take those principles, you figure out how to apply those principles to your family and make them work. And then you're experimenting with various practicals that you progressively adapt to maximize your children's potential. And that's the process. It's very simple. It's not easy, but it is very simple. And, and that's, what, that's what we've really tried to do with PK4L in our courses is we've tried to, to take all these pieces and really just say, look, we believe in the parent. We believe the parents are the experts. We don't believe we have to, you know, come in and and, uh, tell parents what to do. All we need to do is just come alongside them and and give them the benefit of what we have learned. But at the end of the day, it it really just boils down to how willing are we to do what we need to do to help our kids? Because like I say at the beginning of the podcast, our ceiling is our children's floor. So whatever we don't deal with, our children will. And and PK4L is all about giving you a, a course, but not just a course, because that's that's the to me, that's the beginning of our relationship. I, I want to invite you into a community. I want you to be part of something where you can get questions answered, where you can talk to other parents who are in the same journey that you are and get encouragement and inspiration and then be encouragement and inspiration to other parents and, and have a place where parenting is valued, where parenting is encouraged, where parenting has meaning and importance. It's not the Homer Simpsonization of the family, which is what happens all around us, but rather it's a, it's a community where you can be validated. You can find safety there and security and a place where you can actually get help and deal with whatever it is you need to deal with so that you can be the best parent you can be. Well, hey, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. There are literally hundreds and thousands of podcasts out there. You give us your time. We are so grateful for that. Check out our website, pk4l.com, for more resources. And please click on the link in the show description to download your free ebook if you haven't already done so, Building an Emotionally Safe Home as Our Gift to You. Remember, we are with you every day, every step of the way. Until tomorrow, have a great day. Oh, 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 oh,